Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Strong Body, Strong Mind. Today I am really, really happy to have on Laura Brand. Laura is a female physique coach based in Glasgow and has quite a, a vast amount of experience within the industry. So just wanted to get her on and speak a wee bit about kind of female fitness in general, um, all aspects of female fitness and cover a few kind of main points uh, that are kind of common issues with some of my clients and will obviously be some of Laura's clients as well. So Laura, tell us a wee bit about yourself, kind of how you got into the industry and um, what it is that you do within the fitness realm. Oh, so I have been in this industry for a good while now, maybe seven or eight years. Um, I started out as a group fitness instructor, then I went into the gym, then I got my level three um, personal training about four or five years ago. And it was only kind of really three and a half to four years ago that I started to, to work more with female clients. Um, I'm now predominantly based online. So kind of lockdown pushed me into to making that, that jump. So I was at Pure Gym, so I left. So now I'm online only. And I sort of I deal with more intermediate um, clients. So females that have got a little bit of experience in the gym, but they just need a little bit more structure so they know uh, what to do. Excellent. Perfect. And so that's kind of part of the reason for getting you on is that obviously you have a good amount of experience. You've worked with a lot of different people and seen a lot of different types of people dealt with various different situations. So um, we'll just get into things. So I wanted to start off talking about uh, a very, very common thing that comes up, especially when females in particular, like people in general, but especially females have this bit of a stigma with the gym and the weights area in particular. Um, it's very, very common that when I get inquiries through and people kind of asking me about the services that I offer, about kind of the fact that they are very, very intimidated by the gym, um, especially the weights area. And they have a, a very much uh, a comfort bubble when it comes to staying within the cardio area. So sticking to yeah. the treadmill, the rower, etc., and trying to push themselves to get into the weights area because they know it's going to benefit them, but they just have this kind of this block, this mental block that tells them, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So tell us just a wee bit about kind of how you have experienced that either yourself um, and then with clients, like how you would approach that situation and what kind of advice you can maybe give to people to help them get into that situation where they're maybe starting to use some machines even, not necessarily barbells and dumbbells straight away, um, but getting more comfortable within that area. What would you kind of advise that they do and go about that? Um, so I always use my own past experiences to to help almost um, fast track my girls into kind of lifting weights and feeling comfortable and confident with it and getting away from the, the, the cardio machines. Um, myself, I thought that to get a really lean built figure, I would need to run in the treadmill for maybe 45 minutes and then go and do like a thousand crunches. And you know, there's a lot of females that still have this mindset. So the first thing I would get my girls to do is to start on the fixed machines and just get used to that feeling of having a little bit of load um, underneath them. Uh, yeah. Getting a little bit uncomfortable, doing moves that they're not used to doing and sort of building up strength that way. And knowing that because these machines are fixed, um, 
it's essentially it's guiding them through that movement and it's also what I would kind of classes in the softer part of the gym so I think females they look at the weights area and that's very intimidating because it is predominantly men that's in that area men grunting in their groups you know having yeah. a laugh having a carry on and um so when you look at the fixed machines yes there are some guys but actually not as much and you tend to find actually the older generation are more in that area um just because it's it's safer for them for them to do um so it's just kind of bridging that gap so starting with the, the fixed machines then we kind of slowly move on to some free weight exercises and that might just be starting with simple goblet squats holding a kettlebell or a yeah. dumbbell and just starting from the ground and working our way up and as they get more comfortable and confident doing these exercises then we start to pro- progress and advance them um and i think it's just you know i am so particular about technique so i like to make sure that their technique is where it should be before we sort of go on to the next step so if we started with a goblet squat making sure that that was on point before we even go underneath a bar um so yeah that's how i would sort of start with my clients yeah it's it again like with you kind of saying there about technique it is something that i think more guys are kind of they have that ego that's built into them that you know they just want to go and pick up the (laughs) 20s 30s start thrusting them about but um you know a a lot of girls as well will have that same kind of want and desire to just go and pick up the heaviest weight but i think they're a bit more open to understanding that if they're doing something properly and safely and you know they're feeling it in the correct areas then they're more likely going to start progressing that movement and feel more comfortable in that area um, I actually had a client this morning who is in a similar situation and taking her through um, the dumbbells and, and kind of throwing, showing her how to kind of start getting set up there. She was very fortunate this morning that the gym was quiet anyway. So, yeah. um, and for her, like her feedback is always that she just can't believe that in a year's space, she's been able to go from her comfort bubble of just sticking on the treadmill to now she can actually go in on her own. She doesn't need me um, to actually start using some weights. Um, yeah, which is amazing. I, yeah, it, it's, it's massive. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of people don't think is possible without having a little bit of a guided hand to do it. And there's nothing wrong with having a guided hand there, but um, that is something that, that really does kind of take a little bit of time to build up that confidence. I think confidence in general is something that people want to have straight away. Like why, why can't I just go and do this? Why can't I go and do a deadlift? Why can't I go and do a squat? And something that I've kind of started to introduce myself is just say, look, even if you just start to walk around that area, when you get into the gym, just get comfortable with the environment and start to even just not like, like stare at people, but watch people and see how they're doing things. And, um, and from that like you start to gradually like it's it's that what you said just tapering things up meeting them at their level and just gradually introducing things so yeah that's brilliant and alongside confidence like one thing definitely comes up a lot guys included but especially females is body image Mm -hmm. and you know we all have a, a bit of a skewed image of how we look and how we feel um especially when it comes to things like scale weight like mm-hmm. scale weight is something that does dictate a lot of our own mentalities. I think you can probably see this from experience as well, is that, you know, you see that number on the scale and that kind of dictates your mood for the day, for the week. Yes, if it's not it gone, 
if it's not gone in the direction that you want it to, or if it's not moved at all, um, that can be very frustrating. So tell us a about your own experience with that and kind of um, your issues with the scale and how you kind of even just like start to get clients to get comfortable with being able to recognize that it's data. It gives us information. It doesn't have to tell us, or oh, you're worthy or you're making progress or not. So how would you kind of go about that yourself? So, um, oh my, I grew up um, with the whole size zero uh, trend. That was sort of my, um, my like age group. Uh, so you were always um, encouraged to be smaller. So everything needed to be smaller, a smaller number on the scales, a smaller dress size. Um, and yeah, like I did go through periods of my life where I took that to the nth degree and it was unhealthy. And then when you come into anything like competing, um, which is what I do, it is quite a big factor. Um, so for me, when I'm coming out of that, I always focus on performance because if you focus on performance, everything else follows. Um, and what I do with um, my girls is I, yes, they, they, they log their weight, but I tell them that's not for you that's for me. I don't like, don't even worry about that. Just put it in the checking sheet and don't give it another thought. Yeah. But what I've actually started doing recently is I've added in another little bit to the checking sheet that basically says, what's your mood first thing in the morning? Um, so that, that they can reflect on that. So if mm -hmm. they wake up in a great mood, then why should whatever that number on the scales dictate the rest of their day and make them feel bad? Yeah. And also kind of second to that is, well, actually, why should that be the cause of them feeling positive? Like, how do they actually feel with like how they look? So it's sort of starting to look into a little bit more mindset as well as data. Um, and of course, progress photos are the OG of tracking progress. Yeah. Because if you can physically see that and we're visual beings then what does it matter what your measurements say or what the scale week says if you can see a difference then that's winning and that's progress so it's just taking people away from this whole this this number fixation mm -hmm. and i'm going to say i blame uh, companies like slimming world where that is what the whole thing is based on is your scale weight your weighing of the week and it's like nobody actually cares nobody's going to walk down the street and say but she weighs like 52 kilograms. No, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. So it's just bringing them away from that, that whole fixation on the scales. Like, yes, I need it for data, but yeah. I'm, I never really look at it. I'm just like that, right, cool. Like, how do you look? Yeah, that, that's it. I think it's like a, a lot of the, the feedback that I'll get from clients as well is that when I ask them what their goal for the week is and what they want to be able to achieve, often it, it still is, oh, I want to drop a pound, I want to drop two pounds. But in reality, it's like, look, why do we want to drop one or two pounds? What difference is that really going to make? How do you look? How do you feel? Yeah. Um, uh, and for them to have that realization does take a wee bit of time, especially when you've grown up with that sort of fixed mentality of, um, I used to weigh this. I felt good at this weight when I was 15, but now they're 35, they're 40. They're go they're, their life is completely different. So why, why would they or why should they try to 
get to the point that they were when they were 15 feeling good at that yeah. point when they're a totally different stage of their life yeah. so it really is just i think being able to open their mind to not just that number on the scale but being able to reflect on right this is where i am within my life i've got xyz going on i've got work i've got family and um, i've got all these other things that i do outside um of going to the gym and, and whatnot that yeah are putting me in a position where I'm really happy, but I'm maybe just not quite happy with how I look. Yeah. So once we start to look at those things that are kind of causing them to maybe either like self-sabotage a wee bit um, or anything like that that's causing them to put themselves in a position where they're not feeling good about themselves, then we can almost take the scale out of the equation. And we can just focus on all those other factors. And be like, I don't even want you to weigh yourself. Don't weigh yourself. Just follow what we have set you as a, a structure for your week. And then come back to me and tell me how you feel next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that alone takes time. Because I, I can definitely relate to you know, being fixed to the scale. I spent years when I was from about 17 to about 22, 23, where I was just, obsessed with trying to lose weight obsessed with it i didn't really have much weight to lose but i was obsessed with it and if i didn't see that number on the scale going down i was not a happy guy i was not happy at all um but now after spending years and years trying to progress my own physique and and build myself up and build up my own level of self-confidence and self-esteem that has kind of started to go away and it literally is just a number to me now it's just a number it's being able to focus like you said on how you look how you feel are you moving closer to your goal are you again even what you mentioned about like gym performance is your performance in the gym going up are you getting stronger Uh, are you feeling fitter like all these things are massive absolutely massive so yeah um so that moves us on to kind of uh one really really massive and important aspect of female fitness in general that I think a lot of people me included um kind of almost brush under the carpet um Mm -hmm. and that's the menstrual cycle yes and there's so many different factors that go into this that can be hindering anyone's progress or their ability to make progress um and from both a nutrition and a training perspective there's things that we want to look at um in terms of how we manage that and of course this is where having a coach that is maybe a bit more experienced within that realm and have dealt with many clients that went through that phase themselves and struggle to lose weight, struggle with their mentality during that period of time. Um, what kind of experience have you got yourself and what have you dealt with in terms of clients that maybe do struggle with things like cravings and uh, lethargy and things like blow and whatnot that really kind of potentially they've had two or three really good weeks of just absolutely nailing it and then they've had one week or even just a few days where things have just totally derailed how do you go about approaching that and what things maybe do people need to start to consider when it comes to this i think the main thing being is this is so broad and so different female i've kind of just chucked it all on you just to give me (laughs) an answer yeah no it is it's very so Every single female is different, although you will get a lot of similarities. But um, one of the things to think about with this is especially, I think maybe more so for male coaches, is to make sure that your female clients are actually having a cycle. Yes. Um, and they are they are menstruating um, because if they're not, and it's not related to um, contraception, 
then that is definitely something that needs to be addressed um, and kind of referred to as well. Um, because a lot of women, I think it's only, it's only really the last year that my girls will um, talk to me more about their cycle. And it's only because I've put that on their checking sheet. And I ask them like, where are they on their cycle? And then when I do the video feedback, if they're feeling emotional, their sleep's been poor, um, their training's been poor, then I can say, well, look, this is like the week before, um, day one essentially, um, day one of your period. This is why you're feeling a little bit tired. This is why you're feeling a bit bloated, you're sluggish, your training's kind of, it's not where you want it to be. So I think that is quite a, quite a common um common thing that I found with my females is the week before is usually when they feel tired, they feel emotional, uh, they feel hungrier. So if obviously if they're in a fat loss phase that week before, would I drop their calories? Absolutely no way in hell would I do that because they're going to be like that. Oh, I am so hungry. I've got all these cravings. And you know, if they don't stick to it and they overeat it, they overeat they're going to feel bad and it's going it'll probably have a knock-on effect they'll go oh well failed like what's the point um so i think so if, if they are in a dieting phase you know if you if you can see that you know that week before yeah they do get a bit hungrier um it's just to to maintain calories where they're at then once they come out the other side of after the period's passed, then you know if if you need to make adjustments, then you make adjustments because the week before anyway, you might see scale weight fluctuating. You might see physically on the body holding more water. Why would you push? Why would you push things any lower and create more stress? Because then yeah. that's when you see the scales going boom. Then their yes. mind's going to go. Yeah. And then they're just going to be like that. Nope, <laughs> can't do this. So yeah, it's just kind of getting them to learn um, sort of their own patterns throughout the cycle. And I always get them to go back and have a look at their past sheets to see if they can notice any sort of patterns happening so they know what to do themselves. And it's not necessarily that they need me to say, yeah, but it's the week before your period. Like they know that. So they'll put that in their checking and go, oh, I'm feeling really bloated, but I know that, you know, this is day 27, I'm due any day now, so it'll be fine. And yeah. uh, it's just, yeah, like I've seen such a change in their mind mindsets and they're more, like if they do have a wee slip up, they're more accepting of it. They don't stress about it. They're like, right, okay, that's fine. That's past. Let's get back on this the week after. So it, yeah, it's kind of learning, learning that as well. Yeah, I think even just trying as best as you can to explain what's going on with that individual to them and just trying to give them like this is the facts this is what you said to me um, and you know you're at that time of the month where um, estrogen is going to be down progesterone's probably going to be up um, and so with that you know cravings potentially might be higher obviously not everyone experiences the same kind of um, effects everyone's slightly different like you mentioned that is very individual but um like even just up in calories by even just something as simple like two three hundred yeah. and just being able to say look this is just an extra wee buffer for these couple of days it's not going to have any massive impact on your actual progress like your fat loss progress and yeah. um, because what we'll find is that with that kind of inflammation that level of bloating after a few days 
your weight is going to come back down. And if we look at past trends, that's what we've more than likely seen is that after those couple of days, your weight just comes back down. Yep, exactly. It's, it's exactly the same as if like someone goes out at the weekend and you know they, they go all out, uh, maybe go for a meal, have a good few drinks, their weight spikes and they start panicking. Oh my God, what's going to happen? I can't believe I've messed it all up. You've not messed it up. You literally just go back onto what you were doing before and everything just goes back into that same that same kind of rhythm that you were in previously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then with regards to things like like training and exercise, because I've had it in the past where clients have just been really demotivated. They've either came in for a session and you can tell they're just not up for it. They're just like, like and, and that's been partly probably my own uh, learnings of like, maybe not understanding that they're at that phase um, or they're, yeah. they're due their cycle or they're maybe on their cycle. Um, yeah. And I've either tried to push them through a session and wondered why they're just not up for it when everything else in their life seems to be going okay. And that's been through some of my own education about about that is that we don't necessarily need to just push through for the sake of pushing through. Yeah, um, um, absolutely. You can sort of... <laughs> especially the week before, um, some females get insomnia and they really struggle to sleep. So they're probably really fatigued and tired. It might not even be the fact that their, their hormones um, have slightly changed. Like it, it might just be the fact that they are shattered because they're just not sleeping. Your body temperature goes up as well. So, you know, you're tossing and turning. And I get it so bad the week before and it does my head in because... Um, with my past experience, I actually lost my cycle for quite a while. And now that it's back, I'm so aware of how it affects me. And um, yeah, I notice like strength. I can't push my strength up in the gym. Like my body just goes, no, I don't want to get a PB today. So rather than getting myself frustrated at that, I'll just try and maintain as best as I can. Um, and that's what I say to to my clients is, you know, if you if you if you're not feeling strong, don't try and push it because you're just going to injure yourself. Yeah. Um, if you do see your strength dipping, pull back, pull a set away, and do like one or two sets instead of trying to go for three sets. Um, and it's just it's getting them to listen to their bodies. Um, and if they need to have a day or two away from the gym, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to make a massive difference. If anything, it'll do them the world of good because they'll be dying to go back and get stuck in again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's that same kind of thing of, you know, when you have a deload, if you have that deload where you're, you're literally just completely off the gym for a good few days, initially you're like, you're really thankful for it. But after probably like the second day, like, I want to be back in the gym straight away. Oh, yeah. Um, it's that exact same feeling. I think that's really interesting that you touched in there about obviously like losing your own cycle and regaining it back. Um, if you don't mind, I think it would be good to maybe touch on kind of what you went through and kind of how you actually managed to get it back and the process behind that. I think that might be really kind of valuable for some people to listen to. Yeah, so um, my uh, my period completely disappeared and this was actually before I started competing. Um, I was on the implant Okay. And a lot of women tend to find that they stop menstruating, so they don't get any bleeds. Um, then I started competing, and I thought I'm just to kind of level off my hormones because I am taking my body fat to that kind of extreme low level. Um, I decided to get it taken out just to allow my body just to get into a, a more of a natural state. Okay. Um, and then sort of competed. Obviously, you know. 
usually for females when they compete they lose their cycle um because it's not a necessary body function um so it's one of the first things to go when your body needs to preserve energy um then off the back of that my first um off season i think i just stayed too lean i didn't push my fats up high enough and my calories up high enough for me to regain my cycle back um, which meant that for my second season competing, I actually really struggled to recover and um, had terrible brain fog, hair falling out, couldn't sleep, um, just constantly sore joints. Um, so then when I went with my own coach, we just ramped my calories right up and fats right up. So my fats were about 90 grams a day, which is a lot. Yes. And it, it's not just any fats, it's good fats. So from your oily fish, mm-hmm. from like things like olive oils, nuts and seeds, not getting your fats from bacon and like fatty cuts of meat. It's like your good dietary fats. So yeah, I had yeah. to really focus on that part of my diet is making sure that I was including these things Um, and that I was eating all the food and it did take me to go to quite an uncomfortable place body weight wise for me to regain it and I had to pull back my training as well especially cardio Um, so when I was teaching my classes I was only teaching at 40% because your body's just it's in a highly stressed state and you need to get it to a relaxed state so you need to make sure that stress levels are low as possible your sleep's on point um and it was like a non-negotiable i had to make sure i was getting to my bed at a decent time um i was coming away from things like my phone um and yeah eat my food and just taking it easy when i was training um we managed to maintain my resistance side of training so with the weights but i know for some females they have to go all in and just take it strip it right back with no intensity um which is quite interesting as well but that it took yeah it took a lot of food and sort of a lot of almost like soul searching which sounds a bit dippy but yeah I had to really pull back um and yeah but um then when I got it back yeah came back with a vengeance it's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I think that's 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 like really, really valuable for, for people to listen to is that, um, you know, even what you're saying there about having to push the food up really, really high. Um, yeah. It's something that I think a lot of females in general do kind of struggle with is oh. the idea of that. You know, people, we, we like being lean, but for us mm-hmm. to make progress, like we have to be able to get to a point where we're relatively uncomfortable and we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's important for people to know that, once you've got to that point where maybe you've got that desired level of leanness for yourself, whatever that may be, you might just be looking to just get in shape for a holiday, look good in the beach, whatever that is. It doesn't necessarily need to be to the state where you're getting dramatically lean for the stage. Um, but from there for you, you cannot necessarily maintain that. Like you, you want to, if you want to really make progress and actually improve upon your physique, you've got to be able to push that food up. Um, I think your food got really, really quite high. It was like three, plus thousand three, calories three and a half thousand yeah yeah and, and, for, con- guy. <laughs> and for context like like i'm on literally just about the same i'm about three thousand six hundred um and i'm almost 200 pounds so like yeah. uh, it's uh, again it's like you, you do have to push yourself to quite a degree to to really make a degree of progress but 
as Laura was touching on, that that is kind of for her from a more from a health perspective as well, it was really important that she was able to do that. But I think that's only going to benefit you down the line uh, when it comes to either future uh, competitions and you know just general health and going forward. Yeah. So excellent. So last thing we want to touch on. Obviously, the podcast is called Strong Body, Strong Mind, and you know it's, <laughs> it's all about trying to get people on that kind of the they live and breathe what it is to have a strong body and strong mind. Um, and have been through various different experiences themselves that kind of have helped develop them both physically and mentally. So tell me, Laura, what does strong strong body, strong body, strong (laughs) mind mean to you? Oh, to me, so strong body to me is a body that serves you well, that can move well, that allows you to do all the things you enjoy doing in life or the things that you need to do, like walking up the stairs. Um, strong mind is accepting who you are and who, what your what your body already is. Yes, you can improve it, but you need to, yeah, you need to be grateful for the body you've been given because it allows you to do so much. So that's for me. That's what that means. Definitely, absolutely love that. That is that is brilliant. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, there's a lot. I think a mass a lot of massive take homes for people to to get from today's episode. And you know, if you do have anything that you want to ask Laura in particular, Laura, do you want to shout out what your social media is and how people can get in touch with you? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is all one word is Laura Brand Fitness, and a Facebook group is LB Fit Coaching. That's my handles. Perfect. And all of these will be linked down below uh, in the description, guys. So, Laura, thank you very much for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Um, Guys, thank you again for listening and uh, looking forward to having you on the next one.